so about three or four months ago, if I'm not mistaken, I had this idea. I had an episode planned out that I wanted to do. And basically, all it was is a... I was going to take a couple different experiments that were done. And I was going to kind of combine them in a creative way. And I think I did like a very bastardized version of this. Like a very expedited like 10 minute thing. Or I may have mentioned it. But basically, it, it was there were originally much bigger plans for this episode. It was It was the Stanford Prison Experiment. The conformity experiment done by Solomon Ash. And then there was another experiment. I can't remember the name of the, the people who did it, but basically it was on it was on priming. And what happened is they went into the park and they had the exper- the ex- experimenter had this this cup of coffee. And he went up to people and he would hand it to them and, and you know ask, can you hold this for a second? And then of course hold it. And then he'd give them a questionnaire. Say, listen, I'll give you $20 if you fill out this questionnaire. Okay, cool. Most people do that. And it was basically this description of a person. And then they had to rate this person. Like, how how would you describe them as an individual, as a human being? And there was, so there were two different groups. And one group rated the person as being very cold and, like, distant and unpleasant and, like, just these kind of negative qualities. The other group rated this person as being... Uh, very warm, inviting, cheerful, and like, you know, good and happy, all that good stuff. And they were both describing the same person. Both groups got the same list, the same little, the sheet or whatever. They got the same thing, but each group, um, they, they both rated them as being very different. And the only different factor in all of this was that in one group, the experimenter handed them a cold cup of coffee and then the other, they handed them a hot cup of coffee right before they filled out this questionnaire and read about this person and asked their opinion on it. And it, that, that's what priming is. It does something to our, like it changes your brain. It, 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 it changes the way that you perceive things that happen. And so like you can, and the, the point of this, this is like really mind blowing to me when I heard about this is like, you know, something that subtle can profoundly impact the way that you perceive your world. You can even interpret the exact same person as being two totally different people just based off of that one factor. That's wild. And by extension, what I was going to do was tie all of these three together and kind of reinforce the idea that you don't control your thoughts. You don't know where your thoughts are coming from. You don't know why you think what you think. You just don't. If something that simple can change the trajectory of your thoughts that deeply like that that fully that's crazy to think about it really is and it's kind of scary like if if you're being honest that's not a pleasant thought we don't like to think that we have that little control over ourselves and what we think we like to think that we're pretty smart sometimes we are we're usually not though let's be honest anyway the reason that i did not put that whole thing together is that I went back and I was going to do a lot more research on each one. Um, the very first one, the, the Stanford Prison Experiment. That, it's an interesting one. I've been interested in it for a while. Most people have. But I went back and I read the researcher's book. It was um, The Lucifer Effect by Philip Zimbardo. And I think I might have mentioned this before, but I didn't talk about this in particular. 
when I started reading this, I got completely derailed off of the episode. It completely sidetracked me and it kind of overwhelmed my thinking for a little while. It kind of bummed me out. It's kind of, it, it's really depressing to read. It really is. It's a very, very, very dark book because it looks at the process that a person goes through, a regular, normal person, the process that turns them into an evil person, basically. And he, he has his own definition of evil in here. Um, if I can find it, I'll read it to you. But he, like, the, the point being that in the, in the Stanford prison experiment, if you don't know, basically, they created this fictitious prison. It was just a, was a mock prison, and they hired a bunch of students to come and pretend to be guards and prisoners in this fake environment. And they basically, they, they went overboard making sure it was as realistic as possible. But of course, these people are getting paid. And they, these people are also very carefully screened. They picked normal people with no history of like emotional instability or anything weird going on. Like they were very meticulous about who they chose and like making sure that these were like healthy people that were you know, not prone to, you know, doing crazy stuff. The thing, within like the first day, they had basically settled into their roles. And by the second day, they were completely out of control. Like they were abusing the prisoners. Prisoners were doing just this wild, you know, crap, like, you know, just causing issues, like well-behaved people that were suddenly being super rebellious and like, you know, like causing like, you know, minor fights and like, being super uh, disrespectful and everything. And it's like, again, this is within a day and the guards are starting to like beat them. And, um, you know, like, uh, I think, I think it was the end of the second day or into the third day before they started using like, um, sexual abuse. And it's like, it's just wild. Like these are normal people. And it's, it's really scary to think that like the way that the environment does have that effect on us. And he goes into a lot of depth over this. I don't possibly have enough time to go into depth over it. I want to make a specific point. But he goes into it, and he talks about it, and as, as, as he's going through the story, I'm kind of recognizing, like, yeah, you know what, that's a lot like what boot camp is like. That's a lot how the entertainment industry is. Because I watched, like, those two different environments just completely change so many people. And it's like, especially, you know, in boot camp, like, everything's designed very specifically for a, a certain purpose, which is to, you know, break people down and build them back up as stronger individuals you know as warriors as as killers like that's that's a process that you have to go through and i remember i had read some books on like cults and stuff like that before i had gone i was like oh yeah this is i recognize this as i'm going through it and i'm like oh, damn i'm in a cult um but yeah no i'm seeing the same trends and patterns again and it, it was kind of starting to make sense like why i had left certain areas because it's like i don't like the way this affects people. And then what's crazy is you go like out of that environment, you see those people in normal situations and they're normal. Like they go back to being who they are. We all do that to some extent, right? Like we go to work and we act a little bit different than we do around our friends. Um, you know, if we're with our significant other, if we're with our parents, if we're at a religious organization, if we're just in the store, whatever, we act a little bit different. And a lot of that has to do with the environment. And I was going to talk about, actually, how important it is to create your environment intentionally, um, but you can't 
control everything. I mean, a cup of coffee in your hand is going to change something. Like, well, guess what? There's a lot of random stuff out there. Um, anyway, before I go down that tangent, because that's something else I've been thinking about. Before I go down that, let me get back to this point. So he's talking about this process. He's talking about what he finds, what he discovers, basically. He breaks down the, the, the process that a, a human being goes through from being normal to being evil. Like, how does a pretty normal person in, you know, during the World War, like, how does somebody be convinced to be, like, a guard at Auschwitz or something like that? Like, how, what does that process go through? Because it's easy to believe that, well, those are just evil, evil, twisted people. It's like, well, obviously some of them are. But the scary thing is that a lot of them were very normal. A lot of them insisted that they were following orders. And what does that mean? Like, do people, like, where are people's boundaries? And how does it come to be that someone can go against their morals, that can break their boundaries to the point where they will partake in these evil activities or if nothing else will allow them to happen because they're afraid to stand up, because they don't want to disappoint people, because they do it for whatever reason. And so they let the stuff happen. And then he ties it in. That's about the first half of the book, just going painstaking detail over this experiment. The second half, he applies it to a real situation. It was a, it was a prison out in the Middle East, and I, I cannot possibly pronounce the name of it, so I'm not going to try. If you're interested, look into it, because it's like it's a real-life example, and it's easy to look at the experiment and say, well, you know, would that happen in real life? He says, no, it does, and here he breaks it down. So there's a couple things that I want to read from the book, and I'm kind of just going to flip through it here a second. But the point that I'm talking about all this, is because, once again, in our modern society, we have become painfully aware of the fact that the social media channels, that the media in general, that people in general, like to censor individuals that they disagree with. And here's the thing. Doing that begins to create a certain environment, a certain role for the people that are carrying this out. It starts to create certain expectations that become extremely dangerous to everyone. And it starts off as, well, let's quiet these people that we don't like. And then it turns into, well, who, who is we? Who do we not like? Who gets to make that judgment that this individual is not for the good of everyone? Okay. Beyond that, Who's to say, well, if we start doing it, that the side that we are opposing, who's to say they won't start doing it? And then they start to silence us, okay? So there's just, there's absolutely no way to get around the fact that, like, we have freedom of speech for a reason. And we need to maintain that right as much as possible. Because the reality is, once you start telling certain people you can't speak, it's a very dangerous game. And it starts to create these same roles for people to step into as what you see in the Stanford Prison Experiment, as in any of these prison abuse stories that are listed in here, these horrific acts that have been carried out. It's very important to understand that the people who are in charge, the people who are actually saying, yes, let's, let's delete that person's Instagram, let's delete their, um, you know, their TikTok, their whatever, let's delete their Facebook, let's delete these posts because we have to fact check everything. 
um, because whatever. When you start doing that, look, the people that are making those decisions, the people that are like making the big decisions saying, let's do this, the people that are carrying out those orders, the policymakers who make it happen, you know, whether they're in government, they're in business, they're whatever, they are human beings. They are people that are not significantly smarter than you. That means that if you had decided to go into politics instead of whatever you are doing, you have about a, a pretty likely chance that you would be at about in their position as well. If you followed a similar career path, you know, and obviously everybody has very different interests and, you know, whatever. But I'm just saying the, the fact being that, like, you could put most people in these offices, in these positions and train them. And they may not be as good as that person, but they could probably do them. All right, there's like there there are a lot of jobs out there that only really smart people can do, but I mean honestly, most really successful people, they may be smarter in certain areas, but they're not like inherently smarter than you are. Like if you were to apply yourself in the same way, you could be just as good. Okay, and that's like obviously the people that do a very good job deserve respect, and I'm not saying that they don't. The point being, most people are dumb. And that's just reality. And the people that are making these decisions, most of them are dumb. So they're, they're prone to the same biases. Biases, I still can't figure it out. They're, pro they're prone to the same issues that we are. They, they still make emotional decisions. They can still be influenced by a cup of coffee in their hand. They can be influenced by societal pressures, environmental pressures. Not can, they are. We all are. All right. And it's very important not to idolize these people and look at them as, well, they're the big decision makers. They just radiate this power and authority because they are so far removed from our lives because we don't we, we don't see them. We don't interact with them. We know of them. And there's like that fame halo effect that takes place. And the reality is like they're just people and it's not good to idolize them. It's good to pick people that we think we can trust and, and try to trust them. But that doesn't mean that they're infallible. And if these people are going to be making decisions that affect our lives, they need to be held accountable. And we need to be able to speak up when they are not acting in a way that pleases us. Okay? That is very important. Free speech is very important. You cannot get around that. And I'm, I want to point to the t like some of the, the psychological things. I'm going to use this book because he does just a, an amazing job talking about how this is a very dangerous situation that you get certain places where you have too much power over another person or other people and you have little enough oversight and things just kind of start to happen, right? And he breaks it down in the prison system. He breaks it down um, this like the, the military system. Um, things that were heavily, uh, very well documented. And I'm going to start to just kind of read some of these quotes. They're not in any particular, I think they're in chronological order. Probably. I'm just going to use my sticky notes. There's a lot of great stuff in this book. I really encourage you guys to read it. Um, all right, so right here he says, Systems are the engines that run situations that create behavioral context that influence the human action of those under their control. At some point, the system may become an autonomous entity, independent of those who initially started it, or even of those in apparent authority within its power structure. So, like this, like the systems that we create for ourselves, the 
the expectations that we set, the environments that we build, the types of people that we put into those environments. Like they create these powerful systems that influence our behaviors. Um, it's impossible to go into any like situation. Like if you go, if, if you as a normal person, whoever you are, if you were to go work in politics, if you were to go sit down in that office and like deal with the same pressures, you would be influenced in a very similar way. We like to be like, oh, politicians are all greedy, corrupt people. And they are. But the odds of you not being that way and being in their situation is pretty much zero. I don't like I, I, I some people would be much less comfortable with it and would do, you know, go less like to less extremes. I believe that I do. And I think it happens anyway. But most people are going to start to become dishonest. They're going to start to bend to the pressure because it's enormous. You look at like any inter, uh, like entertainment industry, um, you know, genre or whatever, whatever, whatever the right word for that would be. And you like you see how like, you know, people start out and they just change dramatically over their careers. Why? It's because there's very powerful pressures taking place. And sometimes these systems are good things. You look at some businesses or some religious institutions like there are good systems like if you get a good company culture somewhere where people really support you and they're like very enthusiastic and they're very uplifting and encouraging that's awesome that's a good system that's going to keep you moving in the right direction all right but we all probably had experiences with certain uh corporate entities where things did not work out that way. Things were actually a very poorly built system. And no matter how much you psyched yourself up every day, the way that things worked in that building just crushed your soul every single day over and over and over again. Why? Because that's the system that is in place. And part of that has to do with like your set of habits and your beliefs and your values and your interpretation of things. But a lot of it has to do also with that type of environment. And you, you create environments where people have too much power over each other. Anybody that's been in the military knows this, by the way. Anybody that has seen how quickly the, the tiniest bit of power will go to someone's head. Like, that's a routine thing. Somebody doesn't even get promoted. They just get like a, you know, like a temporary billet. Like, they're suddenly the team leader for whatever reason. Or they have somebody who's a little bit newer. Or maybe they do get promoted and like they immediately turn around and are just like a fucking asshole to everybody like immediately and they just get like super inflated egos right well those are also the people that don't make good leaders anyway and they typically can't handle pressure very well so things do start to you know heat up for them they like there starts to be more and more weight added to their um their shoulders and like the the pressure just gets more and more intense and they they show it like they act out and that system starts to break them right and it but it, it it's like that ego trap that's that cycle of where you get put in this position and you watch other people go through this again and again and again and like everybody thinks oh i'm going to be different they go up and take that position and then they're corrupted just the same way and it's like it takes so long to find people that have a brain and are just like no i'm not going to be an asshole like, no, like I've been watching six other people screw this up. I'm, I'm going to do something different. This is dumb. But then the person after them still makes the same mistake as, you know, everybody else. And it's like you occasionally get the smart people that, that break the pattern. And usually once you get somebody to break the cycle, it gets a little bit easier. But, I mean, I remember most of the guys that I went in with, we were all like, um, you know, we didn't like the way we were treated when we first got in. Everybody's fucking mean. <laughs> they are. They're fucking awful. 
Um, and like, you know, you can tell it's part of the culture and that's, that's cool, but you can really tell that most people are acting that way because it was done to them and they're pissed off and they want to, it's an ego trip. That's all it is. And then it's like, you, you watch everybody that you go in with, you know, like, we're all like, we're not going to be like that. We're not going to do that. And I know maybe like three guys beside myself that like didn't turn into an asshole. Like once we got promoted, once we were like in an actual position of authority, um, we actually had people, you know, under us that were, you know, much newer. And um, we had that, that same position as, as our seniors did. And it's like, again, like very few of us stuck by that. And I mean, yeah, like it's just, it's ridiculous. Like you watch everybody go through the same things. Like, how could they be so stupid? And then you, but you're put in the situation, you realize, oh, this is actually really hard. This is actually tough. And it's not because I'm a bad person. Let's make that point. It's because the environment makes, makes it difficult for us. The situation makes it difficult for us. Our brain makes it difficult for us. You know, a lot of times we struggle with this, like, you know, conscience, like, what should I do? You know, am I a bad person for struggling with this? No, you're not a bad person for struggling with anything. The fact that you are struggling with it tells me that you're a good person. Because if you weren't, you would just give into it. But back to this. Back to this idea that the system will destroy our lives. Here's another good quote. For many, the belief of personal power to resist powerful situational and systemic forces is little more than a reassuring illusion of invulnerability. Paradoxically, maintaining that illusion only serves to make one more vulnerable for manipulation by failing to be sufficiently vigilant against attempts of undesired influence subtly practiced on them. So basically saying, look, the only way to survive these situational forces is to become intensely aware of them and to resist them, to be very vigilant against anything slipping through your reptilian brain and getting into the unconscious and screwing you up, being very aware of the way that things are affecting you. That's the only way to survive these things is to educate yourself and to pay attention, thinking, oh, I'm fine. Situational, and I'll see it coming from a mile away. Now I'll be good. It's not going to have an impact on me. I'm not going to be that person. I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to be that girl. I'm not going to do whatever. That's where it becomes really dangerous because you think it won't happen to you. And that's what I'm seeing across social media right now. You know, several particular people have been banned in the last little stretch here. And I see a lot of people going, oh, my God, such a win. Like, I hate that person. They're hate speech, whatever. It's like, okay, but you're part of the system now of censorship. You're part of the system of silencing people. And here's the deal. Like, if you're accused of something, like, bad because you said something on the Internet that nobody agrees with, where does it stop? Does it stop with, oh, I delete your social media. You don't have a voice now. Well, once you don't have a voice, they can kind of do anything to you because you can't speak up to protect yourself anymore. If something, if somebody were to begin abusing their power and take it a little bit too far and also delete, I don't know, like your email, things that you need, what if they delete your bank account? What if it becomes such a powerful way to control people in general that that becomes the go-to? Oh, this person is a danger. Let's cut off their bank account. Let's cut off everything so that now they can't resist at all. Now they can't be heard. They can't get around. They're useless. They're screwed. They're defeated. And then if you really wanted to seal the deal, what happens? Well, you show up and you end things. And that's just the harsh reality of how governments become corrupt and how people 
um, fall, how countries fall like that. Because again, these are these are people, they're individuals, and they're prone to the same potential issues as anybody else on the face of the planet, which is a scary thought when you're really um, serious about it. But to pretend that everything is fine, to pretend that there is nothing going on, pretend that, oh, it's a good thing that somebody I don't like is no longer on the internet. Um, that is silly. That is a bad idea. That is very short-sighted. It is very um, misinformed. And here's the other thing with this, too. How do you really combat something? Like, let's say that there genuinely is somebody online that you like, we don't like this person. They're a bad person. We need to not have this message spread. Okay, well, how do you do that? Well, you start by not giving it any attention. I don't know if you understand this, but the algorithm shows you more of what you watch. So if you spend more time on something and it's doom and gloom and it's pissing you off, it's inflammatory, it's getting under your skin, it's triggering one of your five basic human weaknesses, fear, lust, anger, greed, or sympathy. It's triggering something to piss you off and you're watching it. Like that's a gold star for that content because that is how the algorithm determines value. If people watch something for longer, it doesn't care if it's making them mad or not. It cares if it's keeping them on the app. So people just sit there and they get, they get sucked into this. This is why people watch the news. Why? Because it's constantly an emotional response. It's never just, you know, today was actually pretty normal. We're good. Um, yeah, see you tomorrow. Like it does, they don't do that. They keep you hooked. They keep your attention. And social media is no different. I've had to like keep taking breaks from social media lately. Because there's so much stuff on there that honestly upsets me. And of course, I watched it for a little bit longer. And of course, that's all I see after that. And now I'm upset all day because things that have pissed me off have gotten all of my attention. And I call it entertainment. I look at it and say, oh, this is my time to relax and kick back. And it's like, oh, I'm fucking pissed off now. It doesn't make any sense when you really think about it. But it makes perfect sense when you think about how we are as people. We're stupid. And it's okay. We're all stupid together. We've done amazing things being stupid. Like this is not to condemn people. This is like this is not like a negative view on humans. Um, if this is just a realistic assessment of what's happening right now, like we've had this with a lot of individuals who have been censored. But I mean, this recently, this is just ridiculous. Like you're gonna you're gonna kick somebody off of Instagram, TikTok, whatever. He doesn't even have a TikTok account. You're gonna kick this person off of here because they have been spreading hate speech. What, like, who gets to define that? Like, obviously we don't want hate speech being spread, but the only way to combat that is to not give it any energy. Like, yes, some people will, but right now everyone is because everybody's watching the things that piss them off. And guess what? If, if, even if it didn't slow anything down, it's going to dramatically affect your life because it's not going to affect you anymore. It can't be, it can't get anything out of you if you do not have, if you do not have any attention for it. So you look at like, I mean, that's, that's what's happening is people are stealing each other's energy from one another. And it's not like in a metaphysical sense and like, I'm like a vampire sucking energy out of you. It's the matter of like, I upset you. I say something because I don't feel right. My energy is low. My vibe is off, whatever I'm feeling down. So I say something inflammatory to upset you you have an emotional reaction i get pleasure from that emotional reaction i feel good about myself because i'm happy because i did something 
and now I'm in a little bit better mood. Now I have a little bit more energy. So I've stolen your energy. And I didn't like tangibly take something from you, but you are now in a lower state of energy and I am in a higher state of energy. So I have effectively stolen your energy from you. And so when you let these people piss you off, when you let these people get under your skin, whoever it is, I don't care who, who it is that bothers you, there's somebody. When you spend a lot of time thinking about this person, watching them on a screen, that's, that, that's you giving them power. That is you giving them energy. They are taking energy from you. Because the more of your energy you give, the more value they, they receive. Because the algorithm is taking that time and translating it as this is a person that we need to push to the top. Because everybody wants to watch them. This happened with Howard Stern back in the day, if I'm not mistaken. You know, he, he pissed a lot of people off. He was very inappropriate on, on radio, which I think is awesome. Um, but the people that hated him spent twice as long listening to him. And everybody just wanted to hear what he was going to say next. It was awesome. Love Howard Stern. Um, yeah, he's actually one of my like broadcasting heroes. Um, but anyway, the point being, listen, guys, free speech is very important. Taking people down because you disagree with them is stupid. And it's like, I understand if you want that person to not have purchase in your life or other people's lives. I get it. If you're scared and you're trying to like combat something that you see as being bad, like, I get it. And that's a good thing. Whether I agree with you or not, I think it's a good thing that you stand up for what you think is right. But at the same time, it's also important for me to stand up for what I think is right. And it's important that we both have an equal say in that. It's important that we both have an equal voice in that. Because if you don't, the situation that occurs is a very slippery slope. And this is not like, it has to be political because I'm talking about a very political thing. The point of this is still to remember that we are a brain. We are a human brain. That is all we are. And we are prone to certain mistakes. We are prone to fall victim to situational forces that will corrupt us, that will control us, that will influence us, that will hurt us and other people. It's very important to remember. Have I said that enough? Okay, we're gonna read some more of this. I don't know how long this episode has been, but going to scroll. We're going to look through. Therefore, whenever we are trying to understand the cause of any puzzling, unusual behavior, our own or that of others, which is we should start out with a situational analysis. It's talking again, like how important the situation is, how important the environment is. And I talked about this earlier, like with relationships, you know, people think I'm like, like a little bit too old fashioned in some ways. It's like, no, like, I don't really want you going out doing stuff. And I don't want to go out and do stuff. It's like, why not? Why don't you want to go to the bar? Why don't you want to go to the club? Why would I? Like, that is a very situational, um, a very powerful situational force, excuse me. That is, that is, that entire industry is completely designed to help strangers have sex. That's all it is. Or not necessarily strangers, but that's all it is. That is a situational force. It doesn't make sense to take a healthy, stable relationship and throw it into that chaos. That's, that's, that's just the wild zoo. That is the, 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 the African jungle. That is that's, it's stupid, I, in my opinion. And like other people enjoy it. Other people get off on it. You know what? Do what makes you happy. I prompt, like Do what makes you happy. But for me, it does not make any sense. So I don't do it. And I don't care what other people do. I really don't. But it's important to understand that 
you know, if you're if you don't want to be a bad person, you probably shouldn't work with bad people. You probably shouldn't be work at a job where you know you're going to be forced to basically take bribes, get paid off, or you know, lose your career. Like you can't expect to go into that profession and like not corrupt yourself to some extent. You can't. And if you think that you can't, you're stupid. And again, I think most people are stupid. But if you really think that you can't, you can't defend yourself against it. You're going to say, oh, well, I'm just going to, you know, white knuckle it. I'm just going to make myself not do this. And it doesn't work that way because there's powerful forces at play. And if you don't give your attention to these things, you're screwed. And it's very important that we keep this in mind, the way that social media is going, right? Like you have all these platforms that want to censor what we say because it's misinformation, because it's bad information. And it's like, maybe it is bad information, but that's not the point. There's so much bad information on the internet. There's so much stupid shit online. You, you can find something to agree with anything, any ridiculous idea that you can possibly pull up from the fathoms of your brain that's on the internet like there's it, there's there's stupid shit everywhere so to say that like well this is bad information it, okay it's a meme yeah it's a meme you shouldn't take health advice from a from a fucking meme you shouldn't take health advice from you know someone who clearly has no handle on their physical health you you shouldn't um, believe this person is evil because of one, like, somebody attributed a quote to them because there's misquotes everywhere. There's a lot of bad information out there. So to say, well, we need to start censoring things. Where does it end? Does it end at stupid shit? Does it end at funny shit? Well, if it doesn't, then who defines, like, what that is? Who defines what's stupid? Who defines what's funny? Who defines where the gray area between common knowledge and real knowledge exists? You know? Because you don't articulate these things. You don't find these things. You don't vote on these things. People just kind of settle into their grooves. And then they start to become susceptible to those situational forces that push them into doing worse and worse things, given the right environment. Um, and again, like this is, that's the point. Like the, the prison was the right environment. These were not bad people that st suddenly like started abusing their fellow classmates, like physically and sexually. Like they, they were not bad people. They were put in a bad situation and they were affected by it and they found ways to rationalize what they did. They found ways to like, it eased into them. They, they took on a role. They, they weren't that person, but they, they, they put on the certain uniform and they stepped into a role. They became somebody else. They were an actor carrying out a certain, a certain play. And when they took it off and it's like, okay, well that was that person. This is me now. I think most people who have really difficult jobs do that. Most people who have jobs that are very demanding, I think, do that. But when those jobs are around, say, politics, when those jobs are like top of companies that are controlled by politics, I mean, those are, they're working with politicians, obviously. Like that's a, like a media agency. That's something that's that's like that's a little bit different than you know certain other industries, um, just because of the the reach that it has for people. All right. I just want you guys to keep that in mind. And it's the, the goal is not to get political. But also, don't be fucking stupid. Just because you don't like what is in the world, it's very dangerous to create the situation 
that could kind of lead into um, some of the horrific things in history that we have seen happen. And you look back and you realize, how could that happen? Well, it's because people... The, the, the real question is, like, could it happen again, obviously, because we don't want it to. But how did it happen the first time? It happened because people are people, and people make mistakes. People can be influenced. People can be led, misled. People can become, um, you know, inactive bystanders. That's probably not a real phrase. Um, they can become the bystanders that don't do anything. And so when that one person who is kind of becoming playful and like pushing the boundaries and like actually does have a little bit of like a twisted side and they get that power and it starts to corrupt them and they start to abuse it a little bit when that person starts acting out and most people are, are not like that but most people also don't like to draw attention to themselves they don't really take initiative and stand up for what they believe is right they don't take the initiative to stand up and like think for themselves and that's that's a difficult um situation to get out of once it starts because now you have all these people that don't know what to do and they're all looking at each other for what to do and they'd see each other not doing anything so everybody assumes oh this must be okay and if it's okay then it's easy to rationalize like why you kind of just go along with it and you kind of assume that everybody else well they're quiet they're not saying anything so they must agree with it but they're looking at you to think of the same thing because they're just as scared. It's the fundamental fundamental attribution error. Can't believe I remember that this late at night. Um, but yeah, that, that's what that's called the the um, the fundamental attribution error. We did an episode on that a while back. I think that was like my second or third episode actually. I really love that concept. Uh, but basically, it's it's that's important. Like people are looking around to each other, and when nobody's saying anything, and they're letting this one person get away with it. That's how evil is born, because now it has an army of people who are not going to resist it, right? And then it starts to push slowly, and then not so slowly. And then by the time that, like, it's become obvious that this is a bad thing, well, everybody involved in it that could have stopped it has already become complicit. And they become victims of that situational force. And in this age of social media, we really should not have that, because everybody has a voice. Literally, everybody has a voice. This isn't just like a couple people that are becoming guards somewhere. And, you know, this is like a lot of people who have access to the exact same information. And we have to look to find it because I promise you don't see the same news as me. Um, you don't see the same content as me. If you have totally different beliefs than me, you're going to see the exact opposite of what I see. And that's going to reinforce your world belief and what I see is going to reinforce mine. And that's just kind of the way it works. It's like the dangerous side of social media. But everybody has a voice now. The most appropriate response is to rob it of your energy, your time, your attention. To take that away. Stop letting it steal your energy. Stop inflating its power with your attention. So be extremely careful with what you allow into your sphere of social media. Because that is something that is going to have a tremendous impact on you and on how you think on your worldview. The repetition bias that we talked about last week, it's, it's real and it's dangerous. And it's like, it's, it is what it is. You can't do anything about the fact that it exists, but you can become aware of it. You can take steps towards bolstering your immune system, so to speak. You can do things that kind of protect you from falling victim to it. And a lot of it comes from understanding, but Again, the main point of this episode, guys, freedom of speech is very important. And it's something like I'm not super 
political because of the fact that um, that's not really what my message is about. It's just not. We're talking about psychology. But I wanted to point out the psychology aspect of how bad things start. And the reason, like I said, that I, like I, I started that whole thing um, looking into that because of, of Zimbardo and the Stanford Prison Experiment. But that, that book, like I had like this idea for like that whole um, you know, episode, like I said, and it got derailed and turned into something like, like I was kind of depressed for a little while. And I, my mind was very scattered and I kind of just put it to the side and I just did like a bunch of like just just random stuff for a little while. Like I think I did a lot of like short episodes for a week or two because um, I was just kind of scattered after that. And it's it's really like just just disturbing to look at the fact that like our minds are this easily influenced when people start to become convinced that we should censor one another, that we should do these things. It's it's not like a, a huge leap to go to the point where we are becoming complicit in actual violence towards one another, where we're being controlled by these really dark systemic forces that are that are pushing our lives. And that is the point of this episode is that we have to be aware of these things. And it doesn't mean that we have to agree with the other side. It, it, it really doesn't. What it does mean is that we need to take the time to be careful that in trying to protect ourselves and in trying to go about fixing our world, which we really need to fucking do, we don't become complicit in these systemic forces that are actually propelling evil and compelling like these negative situations to arise within our own within our minds within our, our cultures our societies it's a very dangerous thing to think about and yeah like again super not a very political person i kind of think that like most of them are like lizards and controlled by um you know aliens but that's like i don't i really don't care about politics but recently has become very clear to me that it is extremely dangerous because if you can shut people down that easily well then you can silence them and then when you begin to commit atrocities then there's nobody to come you know witness that there's nobody to hear that because they've been canceled they've been shut down and so evil begins to perpetrate within our society and people don't even know and that's a very dangerous uh route to go down considering the fact that we are this plugged in as we are and we actually absolutely have the resources to not let that happen by just being very careful with what we allow to happen and what we don't so i hope that you guys enjoyed that um like i said the lucifer effect is a really good book it really is i really highly recommend that you guys read it honestly i had a hard time finishing it like just towards the end it was it was super depressing <laughs> and um i felt like there was a lot of unnecessary detail and it just kind of went on a little bit too long um, but i also didn't want to like stop reading it because it it felt like there was genuine information in there it wasn't rambling it was just a lot so that may just be me uh, but i definitely recommend it he's got some great work out there he does a lot of good stuff on like overcoming shyness as well i looked into a little bit of his stuff when i was um looking through uh, the social anxiety series that I did a while back, which is actually one of the more popular ones. Only episode one, though, interesting enough. It was only, well, I mean, I don't know. The other ones aren't that far away. But yeah, 
I can definitely do more of that stuff if you guys like. Um, social anxiety, I have, I think I'm going to do something on burnout soon, which should be interesting. So I will keep you guys tuned for that. Make sure if you're not following me on social media that you are. Um, if you guys would like to support the show, that's always an option as well. Thank you for everybody that's already doing that. And then, yeah, I will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Good luck.